Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll discuss Canadian Agriculture Literacy Month. And up first in today's country comment, Protein Industries Canada CEO Bill Gruel will join us to talk about yesterday's announcement. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Another supercluster project has been approved for Protein Industries Canada. The project will see $3 million invested to improve the value of fibrous co-products from the pulse processing industry by transforming them into an organic micronutrient fertilizer. Bill Gruel is CEO of Protein Industries Canada. This is a really interesting project. We're out in Vancouver today, and this is a collaboration between a Vancouver-based company and uh, AGT, which is based out of Regina. And so the company here in Vancouver is called Lucent Biosciences. They develop micronutrients, and they're using a co-product or a byproduct from AGT, namely the, the seed hulls from lentil and, uh, and pea processing as a carrier for micronutrient fertilizer. Talk a little bit more about the project and uh, you know when things will get underway here. Yeah, well, things uh, things are starting now, and so what's what's really exciting about this is uh, what's under construction here in British Columbia is a pilot plant that can produce about a thousand tons a day of fertilizer. Once that's up and running, they'll be accessing product directly from AGT Foods in Regina and processing these micronutrient fertilizers, so a zinc and boron and, and different micronutrients and utilizing that as a seed treatment. And as we head into the field season in Western Canada, which isn't too far away, we're going to be looking at testing uh, the, the this product on 20 different farms in Western Canada this spring. Now, Bill, uh, talk a little bit about uh, these two companies. You know, they're from different different ends of the value chain and, and how they came together here. Yeah, that, that, that's a really interesting story because it all started about a year ago when uh, Economic Development Regina hosted an agritech venture forum in Regina. And Lucent uh, has a business development person who's originally from Wilcox, Saskatchewan. And so he knew that if he wanted to get venture funding for an agriculture startup, he had to come to where the agriculture was. So Lucent came out to Regina. They pitched their idea to a venture capital forum panel one of the members was uh, Murad Al-Khatib, who's the CEO of, uh, of AGT Foods. And at that time, they were using rice hulls as the carrier for the development of their product. And Murad had a conversation with them after and said, uh, why don't you use pea hulls and uh, lentil hulls that I'm producing? And so that's really how the project came together. That was Bill Gruel, CEO of Protein Industries Canada, giving us the details on yesterday's announcement. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Grain markets have come under pressure as a result of the coronavirus. John Drieger is with Leftfield Commodity Research. The losses, I guess, the pressure has come particularly in uh, in the oil seeds like canola and, and soybean oil, for example. But, uh, but eventually, uh, and, and they were the markets that got hit the hardest earliest, but now more recently we've been seeing a little bit of catching up to the downside on, on wheat and corn as well. And, and again, not as much as the oil seeds. Those have been the markets that have been, been hit the hardest, but, but everything has been coming under pressure here. Drieger says the big concern is how the virus is going to impact demand. And Protein Industries Canada has announced its fifth approved supercluster project. Here's CEO Bill Gruel. This is a collaboration between 
a Vancouver-based company, and uh, AGT, which is based out of Regina. And so the company here in Vancouver is called Lucent Biosciences. They develop micronutrients, and they're using a co-product or a byproduct from AGT, namely the, the seed hulls from lentil and, uh, and pea processing as a carrier for micronutrient fertilizer. The $3 million investment will consist of $1.3 million from Protein Industries Canada and $1.7 million from the consortium. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, March 4th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll talk about Canadian Agriculture Literacy Month. March is Canadian Agriculture Literacy Month. Sue Clayton is Executive Director with Agriculture in the Classroom, Manitoba. We have um, 166 volunteers from across Manitoba that are either producers or they're they're people that work in the agriculture industry going into classrooms across the province uh, to talk to students about you know, what they, what their particular role is in the agriculture industry. And then uh, we provide our volunteers with a, an age-appropriate book and then a hands-on interactive activity that's uh, linked to curriculum for the specific grade level the volunteer is going in to work with. So that happens, that happens across the, the province during the month of March, and we launched it um, the last week of February with both... Um, Manitoba Agriculture and Resource Development Minister Blaine Peterson going into a grade 6 class in Carbon Collegiate and then um, Manitoba Minister of Education uh, Kelvin Gertzen going into a grade 3 class at Mitchell Elementary School. So it's it's off and going and we have the whole month of March and we'll be talking to about 8,300 students in over 400 classes across Manitoba. Is there a specific uh, theme this year? Yeah, this year our focus is on technology and agriculture. We've noticed over the last couple of years that we're getting more questions from students and teachers about the role that technology plays in our industry and, you know, drones and GPS and uh, all the changes in tractors and combines and, you know, the equipment. So we're focusing on that this year and that's what all the activities are focused on and that's what the books we've chosen are focused on as well. And how many years has this been uh, going on? I believe this is our 10th year. We started at, we started as Canadian Agriculture Literacy Week in Manitoba. And uh, within two or three years, it changed into a month because we just could not possibly get this done in a month. And across, I mean, as, as the name implies, it's a national effort. And it's happening in, um, across the country in about, with about 70,000 students this year. So every year, the program grows exponentially. In Manitoba, it will grow about 20-25% a year, every year. That was Sue Clayton, Executive Director with Agriculture in the Classroom, Manitoba, talking about March, which is Canadian Agriculture Literacy Month. Continuing on today's Prairie Eggwire, Glendalee Allen Vossler talks with Canola Council of Canada agronomist Warren Ward about crop establishment. 
It's really the starting point to a, su a successful growing season. So we like to look at uh, having that nice uniform stand that's going to really allow you to make easier management decisions throughout the year and maximize your yield potential. What that looks like for canola is uh, generally a, a target plant stand of five to eight plants per square foot emerging together at the same time and, and uh, developing nicely. That really helps us throughout the growing season. Absolutely, it just makes every management decision from there on easier, whether it's uh, timing of a, of a fungicide application or harvest application, um, or, or even just having that crop develop and, and uh, make it to harvest at a, a, you know, uniformly at, a, at an ad advantageous time. That's what, uh, really, it's the starting point for all of that. One of the issues that producers uh, always kind of face, and we never like to talk about it, is spring frost. That's always a challenge. It is. It is, and it can be, uh, it's it's a really tough one because, you know, you can't predict it in a lot of years, and, you know, we, we want to seed early to maximize yield potential, but we don't want to, you know, how early is too early, and every year can be a little bit different. When it comes to frost, that reassessment of the stand after the frost is the critical point and looking at factors like how late in the year is it, what are your moisture conditions, are there enough plants left and are they uniform enough that you don't need to reseed or is the damage bad enough that you do need to reseed um, and it, it really can be a, a challenging decision for most people to make. How quickly are we out evaluating that crop and what are we looking for? So I think everybody's gut reaction is to be out there as quick as possible after a frost to try and determine how how severe the damage is and that's okay for an initial assessment but hopefully we're not basing our, our decisions off that it really does take a number of days for the crop to recover from from uh, frost damage now if we know it was minus 10 for a number of hours at night there's a pretty good chance that we've we've cooked that that whole crop um, but if it's more of a, a lighter or a minor frost and we just want to see how bad it was it can generally take three to four or maybe even up to seven days to see that crop recover and what we're looking for is new growth starting to come from those plants that were that were impacted by the frost if we start seeing that new growth we know those plants are going to survive we can have one plant looking like it's not going to survive and the next one looks pretty good yeah and and don't ask me why that is <laughs> there's there's sometimes no rhyme or reason to which plants are going to die from a frost the key point though is to always look at that growing point where the new leaves are going to emerge from that's what we want to look at when we're evaluating whether the plant's going to survive or not if the stem is uh, kind of pinched off or kinked below that growing point not there's not much chance of survival with that plant but you know if we've lost most of the leaf material around that growing point but yet that growing point is still green there's a good chance that that plant will actually survive taking it uh, much broader to the field scale now how do we determine if we have to reseed that so yeah that's that's the next challenge and and really so we talk about five to eight plants per square foot being our ideal plant stands after a frost kind of the whole ideal situation has gone out the window and now we start have to looking at contingency plan with uh, when it comes to evaluating a, the stand after a frost if we've got one to two plants per square foot and they're uniformly distributed across the field which means that they're not in patches we've got a nice uniform stand it's really low number of plants per square foot but it still is consistent enough that we can see uh, a reasonable crop from that your yield expectation might be a little bit lower than you would have with your regular plant stand, but at the end of the day, you're probably farther ahead leaving those low stands as long as it's uniform 
than you were if you went in and reseeded and now you're a week to 10 days behind in terms of the growing season. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to the farm desk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Keystone Agricultural Producers is hosting its Young Farmers Conference tomorrow at Winnipeg's Victoria Inn. You can register at cap.ca. The Prairie Organics Thinkhole Farm 2020 Conference takes place March 5th and 6th at Brandon's Keystone Centre. Marmac Farms is hosting a bull sale March 11th starting at 1.30. Details at marmacfarms.net. Manitoba Beef and Forge Initiatives is hosting a regenerative agriculture event March 12th. You can text Nelson at 204-212-1253 to reserve your spot. And the Stanley Soil Management Association is hosting its AGM March 18th from 10 a.m. until 2. The event will take place at the Pemina Thresherman's Museum located between Winkler and Morden. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, the Manitoba Outstanding Young Farmers Awards Banquet takes place this weekend in Brandon. There are four nominees this year. Those include David and Lorraine Hamblin, who operate a 4,000-acre pedigreed seed farm and seed retail business at Morris, Manitoba. We've got a grain and select seed farm and uh, a seed retail business uh, called Red River Seeds that uh, we established uh, about six, seven years ago, I guess. Uh, we're a pioneer hybrid dealer, so we sell corn, soybeans, canola with uh, uh, with pioneer hybrid, and uh, and then we sell cereals uh, through uh, various other partners that we uh, we work with. So um, we can pretty much provide any seed that uh, guys locally may need, and uh, and then we have a fairly new seed plant built in the last couple of years uh, with a color sorter. Uh, so we do a lot of all our own processing and then we do a fair bit of uh, contract uh, processing as well. And uh, uh, we've, uh, through that avenue, got into a lot of uh, buying and processing of fall rye for uh, the different uh, markets for for the fall rye as well, which has uh, been a big growth area for us uh, and has uh, uh, made it a lot easier for us to, to sell the, the fall rye seed, which is uh, growing rapidly in this area. Um, uh, but we felt there was a bit of a, a need for more markets for it, especially uh, having the ability to uh, to clean and color sort uh, to guarantee that uh, our buyers get what they are looking for. So. Talk about the uh, Manitoba Outstanding Young Farmer Program and um, why you wanted to get involved with that. Yeah, well, we got nominated, I guess. Uh, and it's always a little bit of a surprise when that uh, comes your comes your way. But uh, um, it's always, a, I think, a, an interesting opportunity to get to network with other with other producers and uh, share some stories. And uh, um, you know, one of the things that they ask us uh, for when we uh, um, as part of the nomination, is to give a little bit of a synopsis and a history of uh, you know where we where we've been and come from in our in our business, and it's uh, it's always a kind of interesting when you take a step back and uh, look over a few years and 
see how much things things have changed. Uh, so it's been uh, an interesting experience. Were you aware of the program before, or had you been to any of the prior events? Uh, we were. We uh, uh, we were actually nominated a uh, long time ago, probably uh, almost 10 years ago, I guess. Uh, so we were very young and new into our farming career, and uh, um, and so we uh, it, it's it's well in the rearview mirror and we don't remember a whole lot about it but uh, it did give us a bit of a um, kind of an introduction to, to how the program works this time around what, what are you looking forward to oh i think it's always uh you know it's just exciting to to get away for a couple of days and get to meet the other uh, uh nominees and uh, share some stories and uh hopefully learn something along the way that was david hamlin of morris manitoba he and his wife, Lorraine, are one of four nominees this year for the Manitoba Outstanding Young Farmers Award. The banquet takes place this weekend in Brandon. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Another super cluster project has been approved for Protein Industries Canada. The project will see $3 million invested to improve the value of fibrous co-products from the pulse processing industry, by transforming them into an organic micronutrient fertilizer. Bill Gruel is the CEO of Protein Industries Canada. Things are starting now, and so what's, what's really exciting about this is what's under construction here in British Columbia is a pilot plant that can produce about 1,000 tons a day of fertilizer. Once that's up and running, they'll be accessing product directly from AGT Foods in Regina and processing these micronutrient fertilizers, so zinc and boron and, and different micronutrients, and utilizing that as a seed treatment. And as we head into the field season in Western Canada, which isn't too far away, we're going to be looking at testing this product on 20 different farms in Western Canada this spring. $1.3 million will come from Protein Industries Canada with another 1.7 from the consortium, which consists of Vancouver's Lucent Biosciences and Regina's AGT Foods and Ingredients. And the coronavirus has put the grain markets under pressure, especially oil seeds such as canola and soybean oil. That from John Drieger, Vice President of Luffield Commodity Research. I think from a longer-term perspective, I don't know that it's going to have a huge impact on on demand. You know, the, the big concern is what's going to happen to demand, you know, as a result of the, the, the virus. And, and I think from a longer-term perspective, I don't think the impact's going to be that huge. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, I mean, people, you know, they may travel less or those sorts of things. Maybe economic activity slows down, but, but people still need to eat. And so, you know, unless this thing just becomes, you know, catastrophically worse than what current expectations are, I don't know that long-term demand is going to get hurt that much. Drieger says the wheat and corn markets have also been coming under pressure recently. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.